Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into Best on the Board presented by Bet and Michael Beller here with you. As we are sitting recording this episode, it is Wednesday, March 16th. It is 9.30 a.m. where I am. We have had our two first four games with Texas Southern and Indiana moving on to the I guess the real field is what it feels like. We've got two more first four games on Wednesday, and then everything really gets going on Thursday on this episode of Best on the Board. We are going to jump ahead to Friday and look at the 14 already set matchups for Friday, give you our favorite bets for Friday, talk through all 14 of those games. We're not going to have plays for every game, but we will at least talk through them and highlight our favorite plays when we get to those games. Austin Mock joining me once again to do just that. Austin, we are getting closer and closer, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. And yeah, we, you know, one more, one more sleep as it is, you know, it's, yes. you wake up tomorrow and like, it's no matter how early you wake up they're they're only a couple hours away so um we get started with good games tomorrow and and looking at this friday slate uh the 12 o'clock one o'clock slate looks pretty good as well so they give it they give us good action right away which i'm thankful for yeah it's i love that we talked about this on the episode we did covering thursday's games we really get started with a bang on thursday a lot of games that are within one possession on the spread so that should be a really fun way to get things going. And that is true, at least for our first game on Friday. We're going to go long here, so let's just dive right in. Let's get into these games. Friday's first game is Ohio State and Loyola. Ohio State is now one-and-a-half-point favorites over at BetMGM. This is a spread that's been bouncing around. So depending on where you're looking, where you're betting, you might see something a little different. You might see Loyola favored in some places, but we're taking the BetMGM spread. So right now, as of this recording, again, it's 10.30 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. We've got OSU as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Loyola, 132-and-a-half the total in this game. Austin, you and I have done, what, like four shows now together since Selection Sunday, Mm -hmm. and we've been liking Loyola ever since then. Uh, You originally sent me this as a Loyola minus one-and-a-half bet. Whether it's minus one-and-a-half, plus one-and-a-half, I imagine you're feeling pretty good about the Ramblers. Yeah, I, I think any anything in these prices is fine. I like to, I do like to um, take the money line on the short prices. Sure. Like really, when it's under three, I really don't care to get involved because fouls happen, and you know, one possession game is is a you know, if you want to say a key number there. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty high on Loyola here, and and it's kind of going both ways for me. Ohio State has some injuries. I don't know the status of Kyle Young. Um, he's been out with an illness, so mm-hmm. at the very least, I I'm I think it's safe to assume he's not going to be at 100% or like 100% minutes at least. I'm assuming right. there's some conditioning factor there. Um, and then <clears throat> Zed Key as well has, has had this kind of ankle injury, just kind of been a nagging thing for them. So that's two guys in their main rotation that's out on a team that already um, – doesn't score the ball or cannot stop teams from scoring the ball. They rank outside the top 100. Uh, Ohio State does. That's Loyola's weakness, if you will. They're much better on defense than they are on offense. I think Loyola is going to be able to get shots. They're very efficient in what shots they take. I think they're going to be able to take those shots against Ohio State. Ohio State's offense is going to score. EJ Liddell is one of my favorite players in basketball to watch. He's just fantastic. It doesn't really make sense because he's not like – he doesn't play like super athletically, but he is athletic and, and he's not mm. like super tall, but he just finds a way to score and block shots. He does it on both ends of the court. But I think Loyola can can kind of key in on him. 
And the second scoring option, I, I know Branham has been good for them, but, you know, freshman, if you can kind of key in, force him into some inconsistent play, I think Loyola is good prime for the upset here. And, and I, I, I think they can make a move to the, to the Sweet 16 after this. <clears throat> yeah, this is, an, this is a bet that I'm making as well. I really like Loyola in this spot for all the reasons that you said. I also feel like on top of that, and you sort of went at this too, like OSU is not necessarily – really a team that's built to take advantage of the things that that Loyola doesn't do well like you know um, Loyola not necessarily the greatest um, offensive rebounding team I don't think that Ohio State's really gonna make them pay for that Ohio State does not force turnovers really at all it leads into them not being a great defensive team so Loyola's gonna yeah, however many possessions Loyola is going to give away very few possessions yeah. in this game, and so and you you couple that with them just being very efficient when they do get shots up. They rank 14th in the country in three point percentage and 15th in two point percentage. So they they make a lot of shots when they get shots up. Ohio State's not going to take too many shots away from them. It's a bad formula for yeah. the Buckeyes when you add all of that up. So I, I really like Loyola here again. One of my favorite plays yeah. of the day for Friday. It, it should also be a slow paced game. Both of these teams are yep. not going to. Neither team plays fast. Um, I don't really see a benefit to either team really playing fast. Like Ohio State playing fast probably ends up just like leaking free buckets on, on fast breaks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite matchups. I think it should be a great game. Um, I just with definitely with these injuries, like if if one of Key and Young aren't able to go or they're they're not playing at 100 percent, like even more of a benefit for Loyola. And like you said, this has been flipping around zero here. It's been minus one for Loyola, minus one for Ohio State. If, if those guys get ruled out, I, I think you could see this flip to like Loyola being a, you know, maybe even like a back to a one and a half, two point favorite. That wouldn't really shock right. me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm right there with you for sure. Loyola, one of our strong plays for Friday. The next game that we got, or the next two games that we've got, are both 15 and a half point spreads where neither of us have a play. So I'm just going to group them together. One is Auburn and Jacksonville State. The other, Texas Tech and Montana State. Now, again, as I preface this, neither of us have a play on this. Were you tempted at all? Did your model lead you toward maybe taking any of the four sides of the totals in these two games? No, Auburn, um, I made minus 16. I made the total at 138. 138 and a half so pretty much right right on market there mm -hmm. um 139 and a half is the is the yeah, actual like number there slight lean to the under but again with these like kind of what we mentioned yesterday in these bigger spread games the end of games get really unpredictable like as much as i don't love playing um spreads in these in these you know where there's a big talent discrepancy mm -hmm. i totals are, are kind of in the same boat because end games can get really like if auburn's up 25 are they going to really try on defense in, in the right. final five minutes so you can get some wacky numbers there um <clears throat> so I, I i'm looking at like from a matchup standpoint i don't think like like jacksonville state turns the ball over a ton auburn turns them over i don't think there's even like there's nothing really there for Jacksonville State to exploit to make. Mm -hmm. I, I think that could get kind of ugly, and and like I said, I'm not super high on Auburn coming into this tournament. Um, <clears throat> and then next game, Texas Tech, same thing. Uh, their defense should just smother Montana State. Yep. Um, I I'm high on Texas Tech. My numbers make this game 16 and 130. So again, right on market a little bit shaded towards texas tech just because my model likes them it's just really hard for me to see montana state scoring against this length montana mm -hmm. state's a balanced team they're not great at like offense or defense 
sure, they rebound the ball well, but I, I don't know. Just don't love the matchups. They don't have the height um, that I, I think Texas Tech is just super long. I think they kind of smother them. <clears throat> I've lingered for a second on Texas Tech, thinking about them covering the 15 and a half, but ultimately just came back to, uh, like you said, everything we talked about yesterday and just how these games can go from – you know, Texas Tech winning by 20 to Texas Tech winning by 14 without it actually meaning anything, but suddenly yeah. you've lost your bet right. because that's just how end game situations go when one team is blowing out the other. So uh, you, like you uh, listen to the episode from yesterday, Austin went into why you really want to see a big ad. If you're going to, if you're going to bet on a team to cover 15 and a half, you really want them to be winning that game by 25. You want to feel good about them absolutely controlling and blowing them out. You don't want to think about them needing to tack on at the end of the game or stay level at a 16 or 17 point lead because things can just get screwy once the game is decided and there's still time left on the clock. So we are taking a pass across the board on Auburn minus 15 and a half against Jacksonville State, Texas Tech minus 15 and a half against Montana State. The next line, Austin, is another 15 and a half pointer. We're on this game. We're actually on opposite sides. Purdue and Yale. Purdue's favored by 15 and a half. 142 and a half is the total on this one. As much as my inner better is telling me don't trust Purdue laying 15 and a half, I am trusting Purdue. You like Yale catching the 15 and a half, so why don't you take this one first? Why is this one where you are comfortable betting the team to stay within the much better, much more talented team that they're going up against? Yeah, it's basically, again, I I have enough points. I make this um, about 12, 12 and a half, and that is in the range of like, all right, Yale can hang around. I don't love it because when I look at the profiles, I don't see like a like it's not like one of that we've been talking about all week. Like, oh, they they turn people over. Um, They they, they get offensive rebounds. Yale does not. They're not going to get probably any offensive rebounds in this game. I I expect Purdue to to really keep that in. But Purdue does not turn you over on defense. So I think that is Mm -hmm. a a pretty key uh, thing here is Yale. Yale's not anything special on offense um, in regards to not turning it over either. But, like, that's not how Purdue's built. Purdue's weakness is definitely on defense. Yale, one of the things I like with teams that are outmatched is can they do they have a guy that can go out and just score a bucket if they're struggling? Mm-hmm. And Azar mm-hmm. Swain is that guy. Um, if you watched him in the Ivy League tournament, he was absolutely fantastic. Now, he's not very big. That Purdue could maybe kind of, you know, stifle him with their length. That is a concern here, but... I, this is a game wide range. If Purdue's offense is on, Edie could score a thousand points in this game. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Edie gets in foul trouble. I, I, it's 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 a it's a game where Purdue could easily win this game by thirty. My model makes it like I said, twelve, twelve and a half. I, I I'm willing to take it because of how that's lower on the end of. It's close, but it, it was enough for me. I just hope Swain can can make some shots and and hopefully Yale hits some threes because they're not usually. Uh, they're not usually a great three-point shooting team. <clears throat> so I threw uh, in bolded in my notes for this show, throw size at Azar Swain with Ivy and Eric Hunter. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what, what put me over the top in wanting to make this bet. Because Azar Swain, I mean, like he can go get a bucket. At 6'1", this guy can go get a bucket against any sort of competition. That is absolutely true. Uh, and just pull up Azar Swain highlights if you haven't seen Yale play yeah. at all this season. But you're talking about 6'4", Jaden Ivey, 6'4", Eric Hunter. They're going to be the two guys who guard him. And I really think they can just frustrate him with size. And if you take him, if, if you make him an inefficient scorer, even if he, even if he scores, but you make him an inefficient scorer, you, you force him to you know take 16 shots to get to 19 or 20 points. You just make him inefficient. That's gonna, I think that just totally submarines 
Yale's offense and then Yale's pace, uh, plus the fact that they don't rebound, plus the fact that they don't really force turnovers, I think is just going to give Purdue the possessions that they need to build and grow this lead out to beyond 15 and a half. Yeah. So that's why I feel that's, that, that's what makes it feel good about this game relative to what you're going to have to see from Auburn or Texas Tech to cover their 15 and a half. I, I, you know, actually, I think if I were ranking those teams top to bottom, I'd probably rank them Texas Tech, Purdue, Auburn. But I just think the, the the matchups and the style of play give Purdue a better chance of covering their 15.5 than either of those two teams. So I, I, I like Purdue in a laugher in this one. Yeah, this this, this game, it's just – Purdue's so weird to me. Like, they, they don't give up offensive yeah. rebounds. They don't foul you. Um, uh-huh. But, like, they don't turn you over. They're one of the worst teams in the country at that. But, like, their defense is just not good, like, to what you would think out of, like, a top – you know, right. three seeded team. Obviously, the offense is incredible, but I, I'm just hoping it's one of those games that, where, that you see Yale not turn it over. Like that's really the key. If, if if Yale had like really bad turnover numbers, and maybe they will turn it over like crazy in this game because of the length and Swain struggles, but that's really the the angle that I see. If Yale doesn't give away, like so many times in these games, we saw it last night with uh, Wyoming. It was the mm-hmm. it was it was the turnovers like they they just Kills couldn't them. get back in that game because every time they got it down to you know four or five points it seemed like they automatically turned the ball over. Um, Purdue's not going to do that hopefully, uh, but yeah, opposite sides. We haven't been opposite too much this week, but uh, yeah. you know it's good to have a little difference of opinions. You know <laughs> it is. We've had it. We've had a few. This is another one. I'll give you a little spoiler. We've got uh, I, I think just yeah we got one more. We got one more coming. Not just as a, uh, I lean this way, you lean this way, but as recommended bets where we have a difference of opinion. So one more coming. That's going to be a little bit later in the show. It is not going to be here on yet another 15 and a half point spread. This is, excuse me, Villanova and Delaware. (coughs) Villanova laying the 15 and a half, the total 133 and a half. Um, No play for you. Was it a, was it a pretty, was it as easy a stay away as the Auburn and Texas Tech games? Yeah, make it 14 and uh, 135. So pretty much right, right on market. Um, Delaware's, they're they're, like Villanova's going to score. Like this is the stylistic matchups are one of those things like Villanova. Like if you're, if you're a high seed, um, better team and you have a really good offense, like I kind of want you to be playing against a team like what we said with Loyola and Ohio State. Like Loyola has a good defense. You can at least like slow them down. Delaware's strength is their offense, but like if <laughs> Villanova's just going to score a will, basically, you know, they rank outside of 200 in a lot of these, uh, you know, your public uh, projection systems. They give up offensive rebounds. Villanova's going to be able to put back a lot of their misses. It's just a lot of things I don't like. They get to the free throw line a lot. Villanova mm. does not foul a lot. There's just a lot of things that I don't love uh, for this Delaware matchup. So this was a very, very easy pass. This would have been one like if I did have an edge on Delaware, I would have had to think like, do I want to do this? Um, <laughs> like Delaware's mm. got some height, but it, I just the defense. It, I just think it's a really bad matchup against this Villanova offense. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, my first instinct when I looked at this, if I was going to bet it, was under. But then a bunch of the things you said got me a little bit scared. The fact that Villanova is such a great free-throw shooting team uh, always gives you a little bit of pause when you're thinking about an under, a team that can you know suddenly throw six points up on the board at the end of a game that seemed like it was pacing for the under just because they shoot the free-throw 
so, so well. Um, you know, it, the pace attracts me to maybe wanting to bet the under. The pace and the expectation of it being out of hand you know, maybe makes me think because these, these are two teams. You know, you got one slow team in Delaware, 200th in adjusted tempo, and then an exceptionally slow-paced team in Villanova, 345th and 347th in average possession length. So you've got some teams that are not going to – these are this is not going to be a game where the teams are, you know, flying up and down the floor. And so that – pace makes you think you know maybe this could stay you know Villanova put some length between them and they win this game you know 74 to 58 and, and there you go and you stay under the number that you're looking for but it, it worries me the fact that that Villanova it just for the reasons you, it feels like they're gonna they can they're gonna be able to do almost whatever they want to do on almost every possession that they have yeah, that, that, that's my worry. And, and, you know, speaking on the total there, like, <laughs> it's so much of what the randomness of the end game is. If, if Delaware yeah. is within, um, you know, kind of foul range, they could foul for a while. If they hit a couple shots late against, like, Villanova's defenses and trying as hard, like you said, Villanova's exceptional free throw shooting team, I think they're going to break. I think they're right now, if the season ended, they would have the highest ever. Um, free throw percentage like 82 percent or something like that which is just absurd 82.3 percent yeah um so yeah you you could easily get like a final two minutes where if delaware hits a couple shots villanova gets you know a bunch of free throws and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. a game that was dead under for 37 minutes is now (laughs) pushed over the total there so nothing there for me i I just really don't love this matchup for delaware Yeah, it's, uh, I wanted to pull the trigger on the under, but as I started thinking it through, just there's way too much randomness at the end of the game. How about USC and Miami? USC, one-and-a-half-point favorites in this 7-10 matchup. 139-and-a-half is the total. This is one of the 7-10 matchups we've been talking about a lot because it's in that Midwest region. We talked about how wide open that region, especially the bottom half of that region, feels when you're talking about uh, Auburn as the two, Wisconsin as the three, and then you've got LSU as the sixth. This seven ten matchup, it does feel like any of those teams uh, is liable. You can make an argument for any of those. Teams. I think you can make a pretty good argument for any team other than the double or other than Iowa State. Offense is terrible. Colgate and Jacksonville State. Give me, I mean, Auburn, USC, Miami, Wisconsin, LSU. There are arguments to be made for any of those teams getting out of this half of the region and being in the Elite Eight. So we have this seven ten matchup between USC and Miami again. USC one and a half point favorites, one thirty nine. And a half is the total on this game. No play for you, but I'm interested in just how you break down the matchup between these teams. Yeah, this is a really interesting game. Um, stylistically, there's a lot of matchups that I could see this going um, a bunch of different ways. Uh, USC is the more balanced team. Uh, Miami has a much better offense than they have a defense. Uh, Miami does not turn the ball over, and USC does mm-hmm. not turn you over. So Miami is not going to give away possessions in this game, which which should help out their offense. Um, on the flip side, USC's offense crushes the offensive glass. Miami is very susceptible on the offensive glass. Uh, so you have two things working out for both offenses there. I make this total about 141. Um, I mean, I make it minus one, minus one and a half USC. So subjectively, I kind of lean towards the over, even though USC mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, their two point defense, just raw numbers, best in the country, 41.6. They're, they're just extremely tall. Um, like, five guys i think over six nine um six nine or taller so i think if miami can score i I think 
USC is going to be able to get extra possessions, and I think we kind of mm-hmm. this, this tempo might get a little bit higher than what's expected here. Um, but it's just fascinating. This is, I think, like the first game that we've broken down where like one team has like a superior turnover advantage, and then the other team has the offensive rebounding <laughs> advantage. To where yeah. you're like, okay, both of these teams could get some uh, some extra possessions here. So um, that's that's the interesting thing. I don't have a play here, but this is like you said, any of like this bottom half of this Midwest region can 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 get a little crazy so it starts here and I, I think both of these teams could could give a run for for Auburn um <clears throat> whoever wins this one <clears throat> I, I'm playing USC I think that their their size advantage in this game the fact that you've got one of those guys in Drew Peterson who's comfortable playing on the perimeter he's a, you know USC's best three-point shooter at six foot nine I, I think that that is something that USC is going to be able to bring to bear in this game and then Consider the fact that Miami, just a, a horrible interior defense team. I, I mean, they, they give up huge percentages, uh, both shooting the three and shooting the two. 319th in effective field goal percentage allowed in the country. I, I think USC is going to be able to take advantage of that when they get the ball inside. And so I think we're just going to see, I think we're going to see in a game that should stay close throughout, I would expect this game to be played within a pretty tight window throughout. I don't see either team, you know, ever building up a huge lead in this game. I just feel like the way USC scores, even though Miami is the more efficient offense up by the metrics, the way USC scores against this particular matchup feels more bankable than the way Miami scores against their particular matchup when they have the ball. So adding that all up, tying that all up, that makes this a play for me on USC. Uh, I'll probably just say, I'll, you know, I'll just take the money line um, rather than the minus one and a half. Don't want to screw around and, and, you know, kick myself over a one point victory. Uh, but I, I, I like, I like the way that I like the way USC matches up here. I think, you know, this is a team that didn't, you know, they've got the one signature win over UCLA in the regular season. Maybe they didn't play quite up to the, uh, the, the overall talent level, but I just think that this is a very nice matchup for them given Miami's interior defense struggles. Yeah, it, I, I would much rather be on the team that has the offensive rebounding advantage mm-hmm. than the turnover advantage, um, just because offensive rebound, like obviously you're getting a lot of the time, you're getting the ball right near the hoop. You know, if you get a turnover, you still have to turn that into points, um, but, but they're not turning it over. Miami still has to score the mm-hmm. ball. This isn't like a, Miami's going to be able to turn over USC's defense here. So uh, I'm with you subjectively. I, I think USC matches up better here. Um, and if they just offensive rebound Miami to death in this one, I think you're right. This could be like this could be a game where Miami's kind of hitting shots early, keeps it close, and then and then USC just pulls away because offensive rebounds are like body blows. They just they just right. wear on you, and it's just so efficient to score when you get them. So <clears throat> I'm I'm there with you. Subjectively, I, I like USC. Uh, we're getting into three straight games here where neither of us have a pick, but at least two of those games are pretty intriguing. One's on the 6-11 line. It's Texas and Virginia Tech. Texas one-and-a-half point favorites in this game, 123-and-a-half the total. Virginia Tech comes into this just exceptionally hot, having won the ACC tournament. Texas, not so much. This is a stylistic clash. Virginia Tech, a, uh, a very efficient offense and a great, great, great three-point shooting team. Texas, Offensive struggles up and down, but a great defensive team. How do you break this one down? Yeah, this will be the slowest-paced uh, game of the weekend. Both of these teams are at the very bottom um, in, in adjusted tempo uh, numbers, however you break it down. So if you're you're kind of like, oh, 124 with Virginia Tech and that offense, like it's because this, this might have like 60 possessions might be hard to get to mm-hmm. uh, in this game. 
But yeah, I, I make Texas minus one and a half, so I'm I'm right right on market. Uh, I know it's a little bit shaded towards Virginia Tech, probably closer to a pick'em here. But uh, like I said, I had Virginia Tech, I had value on them last week before the ACC tournament, and now I have none. Yeah. I'm basically like a fade of them. I don't have a play here, but I faded them a little bit in the market as I took Texas Tech to make the Sweet 16. But stylistically, it just like Texas, they have a great defense, and they're one like issue on defense is they foul too much um like that mm-hmm. hurts them virginia tech does not get to the free throw line so i think that matches up well um for them obviously virginia tech is a f- just fantastic three-point shooting team i expect texas tech to be able to kind of run them off the line and enforce it virginia tech doesn't turn the ball over texas does that's that's really their strength on defense they like to turn you over so the matchup wise i think is is really really fascinating a game that's so slow it, it, it could really just come down to like one stretch of play. Does somebody have a couple turnovers in a row that turn into buckets the other way for the other team? Um, but Texas's offense is just, it's, it's not great. Their offensive rebounding is basically <laughs> their, their bread and butter because they don't shoot mm-hmm. the ball well from three. They're not exactly a great two point shooting team either. Um, this is one of those ones that's interesting to me is the big 12. Like, are we down on Texas and the big 12 is just really good. And now we're high on Virginia Tech and the ACC is not good. Like, that's my, like, I, I guess, worry in this game. Like, are we going to mm-hmm. really see a Big 12 ACC discrepancy here? Or, or are we, you know, making too much of the, the difference in the conferences here uh, in, in this game? <clears throat> it's hard to get a read on this game. I'm with you. This was a very easy one for me to stay away from. Um, just I, I, Like, I don't I don't trust either team, to be <laughs> you know, per- perfectly honest with you. I mean, eight, look. look Hell of a run Virginia Tech went on. Absolutely a great run that they went on. Um, but we're talking about beating Clemson in, in overtime, a game where they needed a, a buzzer beater. A Notre Dame team that, like, yeah, should they be in the field? I don't know. Like, like I don't really know. I think, like, yeah, not, yeah, you know? right. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not breaking windows or anything. But like, yeah, whatever. I think they're going to lose to Rutgers tonight. Um, then North Carolina, very talented team, up and down, and they shoot the lights out against Duke, and that that that's a really nice win. And then you look at, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, they've won what, 12 of their last 14 games. That's awesome. You can't do that against any competition without playing pretty well. It's like, yeah, well, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh twice, Syracuse, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Louisville. Like, a lot of teams could have ripped off 12 out of 14 in that stretch. It's, like, I just don't trust them. And, like, it's funny. We're talking – we know that they're a great three-point shooting team. We saw that on display in the ACC tournament, third in the country in three-point percentage. I feel like the most important players for them in this game are going to be Kive Aluma and Justin Mitz because te- Texas is going to be Texas has the the chops to run them off the three point line. Like they're not going to be able to. I, I don't think they can you know make eighteen threes to win this game. I think they're going to have to get some interior scoring and they're going to have to make Texas respect that and then get things back going from behind the arc. Texas can do that. Texas has the defense to be able to dare Virginia Tech to win this game with you know eight to twelve foot jumpers. And like I, I just I don't trust Virginia Tech to do that. I don't trust Texas's offense on the other side to do anything. And so like it's just it was a very I'm excited to watch the game because of the clash, but it's an easy one for me to stay away from from a betting perspective. Yeah, it's tough because Virginia Tech, you know, as as well as they shot it, North Carolina and Duke combined to go seven to forty six from three. Like that, right? that's a huge swing, right? <laughs> like that, <laughs> like three point shooting can 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 single-handedly win and lose you games like North Carolina is not a bad three-point shooting team right and and so 
I don't Neither know. Neither of them are, frankly. Yeah, I, I don't know if Texas is going to be able to, like, I don't think they're going to light it up. But, they, again, the, the defense is there to at least slow down Virginia Tech's offense. And, and again, the pace is going to be super, super slow. So it's it's not like one of those things where Virginia Tech's going to, like, come up and run and, and hit three straight threes or something. And all of a sudden, it's like an insurmountable lead for Texas. Um, but it's it, it's interesting I, that that free throw matchup is one like that's that's really the one thing that Texas is not good on defense is they foul too much and Virginia Tech is not built to get to the free throw line so if 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 Texas isn't fouling you like is their defense just like lights out you know what I mean like is, yep. that that's that's really the the what I'm interested to see like Virginia Tech if they're open they're gonna hit their threes they're shooting close to forty percent this year uh, it's just whether you know they're getting those free points, and, and if Texas can turn them over, that's a, a big big thing for them as well. Virginia Tech does not turn it over, so uh, th- that's the matchup for me in this one. With with a slow pace game, those extra you know f- trips to the free throw line and those turnovers are going to be are, are going to be huge. And and who wins this game? <clears throat> Illinois Chattanooga next on the docket for us. Illinois seven and a half point favorites. One thirty five and a half is the total in this one. I want to love Illinois. I want to love Illinois in this in this game. I want to love Illinois in this tournament because A-plus Illinois absolutely can win a national championship. But, I mean, we just have not seen enough A-plus Illinois with consistency this season. And so that just that, – that concerns me about, you know, I, I, about this matchup. I, I would – this is a bad – I don't think, you know, that, that this is a great look for Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga would be really interesting against some other – four seeds or maybe against some five seeds that they could have got themselves a 12 seed. Uh, I don't think this is a great matchup for them, but Illinois, man, they've just been, they've been so Jekyll and Hyde, especially recently that I don't want to back them to win this game by seven and a half. Yeah. It definitely seems like a game where like Chattanooga can make a run late. If, if, if Illinois kind of lets off the gas and sneak in the back door a little bit, Um, obviously Coburn's the, 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 are they going to mm-hmm. be able to stop him? Like nobody really can stop him. Um, right. So I don't think Chattanooga is going to get him into foul trouble. So it's one of those things where it's like, is is it's kind of like Edie? Is Edie going to score a million points against Yale? Is Coburn going to score a million points against Chattanooga? Um, I make this game eight. Uh, and 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 one thirty six and a half. So I'm right on market there. But Malachi Smith is fantastic for Chattanooga. Um, one of the best players in the country, like relative to like worth on their team. Um, mm-hmm. exceptional shooter. He shoots 36%. They also are, sorry, 41%. Um, it, it basically is, can, is he going to be as impactful as he's been all year? Um, and, and Illinois defense is like good, but like, I don't know. They don't turn you over. Chattanooga doesn't turn it over. So it's one of those things where I'm sitting there like, is that Chattanooga's not giving up free possessions in this game? Then like, it's so much easier to stay in the number. Um, so I'm right on market. Like you said, Illinois is, it's kind of like every team in the big 10 has been like this, this year. Like, uh, you know, maybe that speaks to the strength of the big 10, but like Illinois could win or like win, make the final four, or they could lose this game. And neither result would be, and I feel like there's like four or five teams from the big 10 that, that I could say that for. Yeah. Illinois, um, Purdue, Iowa, Michigan. All in Michigan, right? They're they're all they're all in that. I mean, Wisconsin is a legitimate three four seed with Johnny Davis, and maybe not even an NIT team with NIT team without Johnny Davis, and he's got the ankle issue coming into this uh, coming into the tournament. So it's 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 really tricky with the Big Ten. I think the health of Jacob Grandison is really going to matter to Illinois because I think Grandison is probably the guy 
who's best suited to to man up with Malachi Smith. I think Malachi Smith could have his way with Alfonso Plummer and with Trent Frazier. Demonte Williams will probably see, uh, you know, his fair share of Malachi Smith. But when you're looking at a guy who's just like a singular scorer for a smaller team, the way Smith is, like I would like to throw size at him with Grandison. Grandison's dealing with a shoulder issue uh, coming into this game. Uh, Last I heard, um, Brad Underwood was calling him day to day. Uh, and so we'll see if he's able to go in this one. That's going to be, I think, a key matchup uh, for this game. Sylvia Souza, it's interesting, right, that they've got this Kansas transfer, um, more traditional big conference big man, um, you know, it, to have as a matchup against Kofi Coburn. But I still, I think you're right. Like Kofi Coburn, it feels like he can totally have his way in this game. Yeah, Souza will be huge for them because if he can stay out of foul trouble, if he gets in foul trouble, then it really, I mean, they they have some other guys that can that can maybe. Uh, kind of hold the water there i think like the big thing with coburn is like you're gonna give up points it's like when he does miss like you have to be strong enough to be in position to get a rebound like that's like i feel like that's the big the big thing to do against these big guys but i think you bring up a good point with Plummer and frazier against smith and and, and i'll throw curbello in there too because curbello he's he's gonna play he hasn't had a great year he's been injured and then just really hasn't been able to hit his stride but like does does Malachi Smith are they trying to get the 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 pick and roll matchup switches onto uh, onto one of these smaller guards because Smith is six four so you know he's going up against a six one six two you know Carbello yeah. Plummer Frazier who aren't known for great defense it's an interesting matchup that I think that it could be one of those games where it's like all right Malachi Smith first Co- uh, Coburn neither team can really get a stop mm-hmm. there uh, that that's the matchup it is it, can they get Smith on these shorter guards for Illinois. And, and ultimately that's a problem for Illinois going forward because they don't have great length on the perimeter. And, and if you have taller perimeter players, they can, they can really hurt you. So that's the matchup. I like Can Malachi Smith uh, exploit these, these guards for Illinois. <clears throat> Duke and Cal state Fullerton. Our next game, Duke is 18 and a half point favorites in this one. We've got a total of 146 and a half. Is there anything you look to <clears throat> in this game that, will have you thinking about Duke down the line. I mean, I think, you know, Cal State Fullerton, uh, UMBC beat Virginia a couple of years ago. Anything's possible. But just thinking beyond this game, I mean, what do you need to see from Duke to feel good about them and their Davidson-Michigan State matchup in the second round? Yeah, I, I think I just need like a kind of a dominant win to make me feel better. Like, I, I'm not like low on Duke. Their defense, I actually was higher on them earlier in the year. Their defense is kind of slack to where I'm not super excited uh about them um i thought they were a team to make run and i look at their like outside of these last two losses where they got kind of smoked at home against north carolina i know you can say the coach k distraction thing whatever they get smoked against virginia tech but like before that it was like five point loss to ohio state two point loss to miami one point loss in overtime to florida state so like you're talking about a team that was right there to like a couple possessions away from being undefeated, like heading mm-hmm. like late into the year. But their defense isn't where I want it to be. I, I just can't see Fullerton even. I just think this is a bad matchup. Like Duke should really, I think, run away with this. Yeah. Um, Fullerton's going to try to turn you over. Duke doesn't turn it over. Um, it, the offensive rebounding, Duke should have an advantage there. Um, Cal State Fullerton gets to the free throw line a lot. Duke doesn't allow teams to get to free throw line. Just a terrible matchup if duke struggles in this game then like i'm even further like happy with my davidson hopefully they beat michigan state obviously but (laughs) davidson to the sweet 16 play 
yeah. and Texas Tech. I, I have a bunch of futures on them because Duke. I, I don't know if they're just in a rut right now, um, but they're they're just I don't know. They just don't seem to be playing as well as kind of where they were. Like, even the mm-hmm. game against Miami was right there, and the game against Syracuse without a uh, Buddy Beheim. The uh, ACC tournament Bayheim, was just yeah. not a very good showing for them, and their defense is really the the cause for concern for me down the stretch here. <clears throat> All right, this should be a more fun game. LSU and Iowa State, the 6-11 matchup in the Midwest. LSU, this, this is one of the few spreads, Austin, that has actually steadily grown since these all came out on Sunday. LSU's now four-and-a-half-point favorites, 127-and-a-half the total on this game. And, I mean, go through every big conference team in the tournament's Ken Palm page, and you're going to see at least, like, a fleck of green here or there on their on the offensive side of the ledger. Not true for Iowa State. And not only do you not really see a fleck of green, it's just red after red after red. This is a truly bad offensive team, especially for a big conference team. I really like LSU in this spot. 20-5 with Xavier Pinson this season. Xavier Pinson totally healthy going into the tournament. LSU minus 4.5 is a bet that I have placed already. Yeah, I make – so this is a tough one. I I make this game LSU minus 4. I'm not adjusting for – uh, Xavier Pinson being out because it's just mm-hmm. a difficult thing to do to quantify uh, those eight games. Um, but I think why it climbed was because if you like, I don't know, I don't have the Ken Palm spread in front of me, but I know the T rank spread is like minus two and a half. Uh, so I don't know if they were like the odds makers were just like, yeah, you know, I make this, you know, three, they make it two and a half. Let's just throw a two and a half out there and, and hope for the best. Um, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. LSU is like their defense is great. This is going to be a rock fight. Both these teams play exceptional defense, but LSU with Pinson, the the offense is much better than what it seems. Um, you know, you look at their offense too, and you're going to say it's not great. Iowa State basically is like one player on offense. Isaiah Brockington, <laughs> Penn State transfer. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be kind of easy to kind of like shut him down. He's six four, so you can throw some length at him and and kind of keep it in. And Iowa State's not going to score. Um, now. It's any it's it's like anything can happen. College basketball. Iowa State is great defense, so they can they can really shut it down. But um, they give up offensive rebounds. LSU loves to get after the offensive glass. I ultimately think that's the difference in this game. That LSU just punishes them with these extra possessions um, because they both turn the ball over a ton on offense, and the defenses love to turn you over. So like that that cancels out uh, mm-hmm. in 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 this game. And both teams foul a ton, uh, and Iowa State doesn't get to the free throw line. LSU does. So the free throws and the offensive rebounds, I think, are going to be the big difference here. Uh, and ultimately, I do think LSU is the side you want to be on here. Uh, and I think they win this one. <clears throat> yeah, that, I should be clear. I'm actually on LSU minus four. I got LSU minus four in on Tuesday night. And by the time uh, I started building the show sheet for this, it had climbed to four and a half. So uh, just to be clear, I'm actually not going to be betting four and a half because I've already got them at minus four. So why <laughs> throw more money in on four and a half? But I still, I, I, if I hadn't got that betted, I would still. Iowa State's – I mean, that offense is just – it's its a train wreck. And, like, LSU is LSU's so much better with Pinson than they are with Adam. And so I feel like if we had a full season of Xavier Pinson, I don't think they'd be a six seed. I think they'd be a line or two higher. They're 20-5 and five without with him this year. Uh, like, yeah. 20-5 and yeah. five in the SEC, like, that's a huge – like, I, yeah. I know people, like, kind of laugh at that. But, like, 20-5, you're, you're talking possible two-seed, uh, three-seed line. They really just had that one bad stretch mm-hmm. when he was out, went two and six. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, right. And maybe they still lose a few of those games if yeah. he's healthy, but they don't lose. They don't. I don't think they go two and six in that stretch yeah. if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they're just they're a much better team than 
than maybe it would suggest because now that he is back at full health, like I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a very dangerous LSU team in that first round matchup with Iowa State. How about Houston and UAB? This was the uh, the other matchup we were on opposite sides that I teased a little bit earlier. Houston eight and a half point favorites, one thirty six and a half the total in this one. And this we are uh, switching roles on our previous head to head. You like the dog, I like the favorite in this one. You like the favorite, I like the dog. Take it away first on Houston. I'll, I will say first before I let you go, like. This is not at all a Houston fade. I want to be on Houston. I just love this UAB team, uh, and I think eight and a half is too many points. But make the case for Houston. Yeah, Houston is. Uh, I, I think they're underrated and undervalued in the market just because we assume that they're eventually going to run out um, because of Sasser and, and Mark being out, and, and we've kind of waited mm-hmm. for that all year. I've said it multiple times. I won't go too in depth there, but I don't think I, I think it's going to be seen more against like elite teams. And, and UAB's offense is great. Don't get me wrong; their defense can, can, is is the lack here. This is that's what worries me. Um, I think Houston's going to just destroy them on the offensive glass. Um, UAB Houston does foul a lot because of the physical nature that they play. UAB is not great at getting to the free throw line, um, so that is a con- that that is a concern. And UAB is great at shooting three pointers. Houston is great at running you off of the three point point line mm-hmm. here so um that's that's it's just it doesn't seem like i don't think uab is going to be getting the looks at, at the three-point line that they um have been all year um <clears throat> jordan walker is fantastic for uab um he just had a 40-point game uh, in the uh <clears throat> uh what are they conference usa right yeah um, conference, conference USA. usa tournament against middle tennessee um he, he he's fantastic he's 5'11 um, so that is a concern against the the uh-huh. length that Houston has if, if it does run into that. Like it's just one of those things. I think it's a game where Walker could go out and get his buckets. I, I always love to be on these lesser teams that that have a guy that can go score. I brought that up with the L earlier. Um, but it just seems difficult. I don't think they're gonna get the the open looks on the three point line. Um and I and I think Houston ultimately uh can win this game by double digits. <clears throat> UAB does the three things we always look for in uh, in teams in 12, 13, 14 seeds that can uh, pull off upsets. They shoot threes very well. They rebound offensively. They force turnovers defensively. They do those three things very well. It's going to be a much, much different uh, recipe for them to do that against Houston than it was in Conference USA, but it's still the identity of this team. So I think they can at least, I think they can do that to the extent that they stay within eight and a half points. And that's really, that's really what it comes down to for me, especially when you have a bucket getter yeah. like, uh, like Jordan. It's Moore. unfortunate. I UAB is a team that I would have loved Oh my to god! To have yeah. like play anybody else, but <laughs> like essentially, right. um, you bring up the turnovers that both teams profile like the same. They love to turn you over, and both of these teams are pretty solid at not turning it over on offense. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, Houston, this should be like an average pace game. Houston loves to play slow. UAB likes to play a little bit faster. So so we'll see. That'll be the the turnovers. The extra possessions will be huge in this one. UAB. Yep. I, I think it's more likely that they get turnovers than they do offensive rebounds just because I'm going off of the athleticism difference here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they don't get the turnovers, if they don't turn Houston over, then I think they could be be in some trouble. Um, I think that's the, the key for UAB keeping this close. But again, I, I just wish they weren't matched up with UAB because, I, again, I do like them uh, I mean- stylistically as well. <clears throat> Any other five seed, right? You throw them against Iowa, you throw them against St. Mary's, you throw them against Connecticut, and maybe things look a little bit different. Yeah, I, I would maybe. be much more inclined to go because again, <laughs> I think Houston, even with like, I really, I know that they're they're the American wasn't great this year, but like, I don't really think they're deserving of a five seed. Like, they're I I think they really got bogged down by these injuries. Um, it's tough because the conference isn't great. I get it, but 
man, I don't, I don't know. Like this team, we were talking about like national championship aspirations. They just made the final mm-hmm. four last year. Sasser and Mark mm-hmm. go down and it's like, all right, they can't be good. We're just going to like knock them down a couple seed lines. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's it definitely doesn't yeah it is they they do not have the the typical profile of a five seat they definitely have a, a profile of one much higher than that and so we'll yeah. see what uh we'll see what goes down and what i think it'll be a fun game in the first round yeah. with uab michigan state and davidson also should be another fun game another one and a half point spread on the 710 line michigan state the favorite in this one 140 and a half we are both on davidson money line in this one i'll let you make the argument on both of our behalves yeah i, I teased it earlier um if duke struggles i I like it even better for my Davidson Sweet 16 bets, but I am not high on Michigan State. Um, they, uh, they're they kind of one of those teams. Who was it yesterday? Marquette we were talking about, right? They, they got off to like a really good yeah. start. Michigan State was in that uh, category too, 14 and 2, and then, you know, they're now 22 and 12. Like it, it's not, I understand Big Ten Conference. It, it, it's, it's good. I get it. Um, they beat Wisconsin. I know people are kind of priding themselves on that, but like we don't know if Johnny Davis is at 100% for that game. And like you said, that, they might not even be an not. NIT team without Johnny Davis. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I'm not like Maryland, even in the, the, the regular season finale, like Michigan State was up big and they almost blew that lead. They almost did the same exact thing in the Big Ten tournament. I'm just not high on Michigan State. I'm not even going to say that I'm like super high on Davidson um, in this regard. Like this is, this is more of a fade. Uh, Michigan State fade yeah. for me. Foster Lawyer revenge game. If you want to play that angle as well, <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that I love that angle of this game. But Foster uh, Lawyer goes for thirty. But it, it, stylistically, <laughs> even further, Davidson doesn't turn the ball over. Michigan State doesn't turn you over. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan State is decent offensive rebounding. Davidson, I understand it, the conference and the athleticism uh, changeup can can be a difference here. But Davidson doesn't give up offensive rebounds. So um, those things kind of both go in Davidson's favor or at least aren't huge disadvantages for them. So I really just I, I just am fading this Michigan State team. I've, I think I'm against three Big Ten teams in this first round. Um, so, yeah, I guess a little bit of a Big yeah. Ten fade for me overall. But I like uh, I like Davidson here. <clears throat> yeah, I, I echo everything that you said. And, like, you know, Michigan State shoots a decent percentage. Not a good percentage. They shoot a good percentage from behind the arc, just shy of 38%. But they don't shoot a ton of threes. Yeah. And so, like, it's just, it's not their profile, and I, it's not something I think they're suddenly going to do in this game. I don't think they're suddenly going to say, hey, guys, we shoot almost 38% from threes. What if we shoot, you know, 30% more threes than we typically do? Yeah. I, I just don't see it, that it, happening. It's weird, too. Like, Marcus Bingham is fantastic for them, and, like, he just doesn't yeah. play that much. Like, I, I don't know what <laughs> it is. Like, he played a little bit more against Wisconsin and Purdue in the Big Ten uh-huh. game, but, like, or uh, tournament. It, but like he just doesn't get the minutes. It's just a weird. I don't, they have a bunch of guys that play. I don't know if that kind of runs into it. You're playing too many people type of deal. But mm-hmm. kind of reminds me a little bit of Jaron Jackson Jr. from a handful of years ago, where like he wasn't playing yeah. much, and then all of a sudden was like this first round pick in the NBA. Like, <laughs> like just didn't make sense. I'm not saying Bingham's going to be first round pick, but he yeah, should but definitely still, like... play more than he does. And and Davidson, you know, they're they're tall. Um, they they you know six mm-hmm. eight six nine six seven six ten. Um, I know Foster Lawyer is only six foot, and he looks just like freakishly five, small on the court. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, I think he, I, I think this Davidson team matches up well. Their their defense isn't great, but they they shoot the free throw free throws well, which which is mm-hmm. a 
big. They, they just shoot well. So if they're able to get shots up against this Michigan State team, they should be able to score, and they're not going to give away a lot of free possessions because they don't turn the ball over. <clears throat> Here's one more Big Ten team that you are against. It is Wisconsin, 7.5-point favorites against Colgate, 139.5, the total on this game. It's an easy stay away from me, but, I mean, we're, we're just not going to know. Yeah. We're not going to know how healthy Johnny Davis is until we see this game start. That's that's the bottom line, and that's what makes it a very easy stay away for, for me because if Johnny Davis is back to 100% or back to 95%, I think Wisconsin wins this game walking away. But if he is not, this team is going to struggle offensively in a big way. But you do like Colgate catching the 7.5 way. Yeah, so uh, it's weird. Like, uh, obviously, the, everything you said about Johnny Davis is right on there. If he's out, or not, uh, he's not going to be out. But if he's not at a hundred percent, like this is, I'm even more of a fan fan of this. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I definitely think like with how they played against Nebraska in that regular season finale, and how they played against Michigan State, like they're not. If he's not in, they're going to really struggle. Um, they're Wisconsin's such a weird team. Like they don't like their effective field goal percentage is not great. They don't hit the offensive glass. It's, they don't shoot the three well. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of issues. Like they're just a solid team. The thing that they they do they don't turn it over. Like that's that's the key here. Now Colgate's not going to turn them over. Uh, Colgate or Wisconsin doesn't turn you over on defense either. So there's not going to be a lot of turnovers in this game. That would be kind of shocking to me, just because these teams don't do that. Um, but. I just like Colgate shoots the three well and Wisconsin doesn't. It, it just seems like it's one of those games where if Colgate can get get some open shots, um, eight to, or seven and a half, eight, whatever. What are we at now? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Or, yeah. Um, just as a lot of points to 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 cover here for a team that could be struggling, and if if Davis is not one hundred percent, could struggle even more. So I'll take it. I make it like five and a half. So I will take the chance that Johnny Davis is not 100% because mm-hmm. that probably makes my number better but um, I'll take the chance here and, and go with the 14 seed over Wisconsin it's 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 tough but I just I don't Wisconsin just doesn't they're just like kind of good at everything they're not great except for not turning the ball yeah. <clears throat> right right and having a guy who's going to be probably a top 10 pick in the right, draft right. and he might be he might <clears throat> be those two you know, things 80%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, full disclosure, I would probably be on Colgate in this game. Um, I went to Wisconsin. I'm a Wisconsin fan. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here in the first round of the tournament and cheer against okay. them for my bet. In a 14th, it's a little different if it's like a 7-10 <laughs> yeah. game maybe. Like, yeah, I, I exactly. I don't have big aspirations. You're like, yeah, you're a three-seed right. in a pretty weak uh, bottom half of a Pretty bracket. weak, like, and I, and I live in Chicago, so if they get to the second weekend, they're going to be a couple of miles from my house. <laughs> Like I'm going to try to go to that Sweet 16 game if they're in it. Like I'm not going to sit here on 9, 9 o'clock on a Friday night and be like, yeah, go Colgate, beat my team. So, uh, but, but, but taking that out of it, you, you know, all, the argument, all the arguments you make for Colgate are very, No, very no emotional hedge on your end here? Like. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do it. No emotional hedge. I'll just, I'll just be you know, either like, very happy or very sad. You're not sad. even taking the money line. Like, you're, you're just like, okay, I'm, I'll play seven and a half. That means Wisconsin can still win and I make money. So. <laughs> just, I can't, nothing, nothing. I can't, I, I can't do it. I, like you said, if, if, they, if this was a 7-10 game, game no problem with the emotional edge because uh, they're gonna uh, what's my realistic expectation right but this has been such a pleasant surprise of a season for a wisconsin fan that i just i just i'm, I'm living and dying with it <laughs> forget about emotional edge uh, last game of the day seton hall and tcu one and a half point favorites are the pirates of seton hall 130 and a half the total on this game i mean breeze past absolutely no feel no bet whatsoever how about you 
Yeah, I got nothing. I, I was slightly into the under. Um, <clears throat> both of these teams are are stronger on the defensive end. Um, Seton Hall is very long, which could give a lot of teams problems. Um, TCU is they're just not quite as long. I'm I'm looking at I'm comparing the heights and it. They, like I don't know if TCU is just average or like above average, and Seton Hall is just so much longer that it makes me think that they're not. Uh, but I make this game a pick them, so I, I'm right there. Like I said, slightly into the under. Stylistically, when I look at this, TCU offensive rebounding is is probably going to be the key to this game. Um, they 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 love to get after the offensive rebounds, and, and Seton Hall is a little bit leaky on the offensive glass. Um, Seton Hall likes to get after it on the offensive glass as well, but TCU uh, is a little bit better in that regard. So um, that's the difference. Neither team's great at three point shooting. Like TCU is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like they're shooting thirty percent on the year, um, but like Seton Hall doesn't shoot it too well. It's just a weird, ugly. Yeah. Like this again. I, don't, I think I said it for. Uh, I think I said it yesterday too. Another game that could possibly be, it should be close, so it's not one to fall asleep to. But like in terms of like, there, <laughs> this is going to be a rock fight. Um, yeah, Akron UCLA slow paced game that could be a blowout. At least this one should be close, but uh, this one could be one of the uglier games of the weekend with both teams. Uh, Doing doing pretty well on the defensive end here, but no play for me. I I, I don't I, I don't want to even go close to this game with a bet. Yeah. So <laughs> my number one feeling with this game is how happy is Arizona? Oh yeah, right. Like like Kansas is looking at like maybe San Diego State in the second round. That is not going to be a comfortable matchup. Gonzaga's looking at the Boise State Memphis winner. That is not going to be a comfortable matchup. Baylor's maybe getting North Carolina, very high ceiling team. Like Arizona's like Tommy Lloyd's not going to come out and say it, but like. Seton Hall TCU winner, like if Kirk Reese is going to hurt his ankle before the tournament, at, at least they're a one seed and then they're getting the Seton Hall TCU right. winner in the second round. Seton Hall, because <laughs> like, I feel bad. Like when Bryce Aiken was with them, like they were they were kind of dangerous. Like you know before mm-hmm. he got injured, it was like three point loss to Ohio State, five point loss to Providence, six to Villanova, like close games, and he was really their only offensive option. And since then, it's just been rough. He's been out with a concussion for like two months now. Um, pretty, pretty bad concussion there. But without him, it's just like, what do you do on offense if you're yeah. seating all? Yeah. So, um, but and we're yeah, gonna see that. I, I'm not, I'm we're not interested at all uh, in this game. I will gladly uh, pass. <laughs> you're just gonna be, you're gonna be grinding out that Colgate plus seven and a half while yeah, this one's I, going on. The, the nice part about betting these dogs, like St. Peter's is one too. Like, I, I it, it could be something. I mean, Wisconsin's not built like this to really ever blow anybody out. Um, right. But like, it's nice. Like St. Peter's, I don't want it to be. Were we, was it the Colgate Arkansas game last year we were talking about, where it was like yes. one, the average margin of victory the whole game was uh, Arkansas minus one, and they ended up winning by seventeen. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Just absolutely a meltdown by Colgate. If that happens to me tomorrow, like I will be that. That would be a tilting Friday. Or I guess it's not tomorrow. <laughs> Friday night, uh, way to go to bed. Wake up Saturday morning, yeah. all like just pissed off because of just yeah. the un, just unfathomable how that could happen. <clears throat> yeah, twenty twenty one Arkansas and twenty twenty two Wisconsin are very different teams. So I think <laughs> I don't think you're gonna have too much to worry about there. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. 
Yeah, well, just just a, just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, that's it. That's it. We have made it through the Friday slate, so we are going to wrap things up here on this episode of Best on the Board. Thank you so much for listening here. Hopefully over these two episodes where we've walked through the first round matchups on Thursday and Friday, we've been able to uh, steer you in one way or another, a way that's going to lead you to a winner, whether you are backing us or fading us. Obviously, if they're winners, we hope you're backing us because that means we're winning too. But as long as we lead you to winners, we'll ultimately be happy. Thanks again for listening to Best on the Board. For Austin Mock, I am Michael Beller. As always, we say good luck and happy betting. We will be talking to you soon. It'll be on the other side of the two greatest days of sports that we have. So enjoy it all. Good luck with all your bets, and we'll be talking to you. See you.